Welcome in to another edition of the Technicac Podcast episode. episode. 511. Uh, Mitch on the other side, Charlie are with you. Hope everybody is doing well. It is Thursday. We're talking if you should sell your brewer stock this season. Can they afford to be sellers? And what needs to change? We'll also talk about the Bucks and the Bradley Beal rumors. Is it leverage or is it a possibility? And then lastly, uh, the Packers Bears beef is sizzling right now. Uh, where did this start from? Do the Packers fans really don't know ball? Before we get going with all of that, our guy Mitch here with us as always every week. What's happening, dude? Not much, man. Well, not much, but also quite a bit, I should say. Uh, yeah, band is uh, doing some things right now. And, yeah, you got a video um, coming out, right? Tomorrow? Got a, I got releasing a song with a music video and announced a partnership with a DIY label, Thumbs Up nice. Records, awesome. uh, on Monday. And so, yeah, got a show Friday as well. We were playing in yeah. – uh, at JJ's Bar and Grill show next Saturday in Madison. Already played shows the first two weekends of this month. Um, yeah. So mucking and grinding. Yeah, I mean, when when is uh when is, when are you just gonna get the call up to the bigs and then you just quit your job and it's like it's like that's it. That's all. That's all it is. Probably never. <laughs> so uh, we'll, you we'll, never. We'll stop that real quick. <laughs> hey man you never know but yeah check out i mean that's that, that's an hour-long podcast and it's in and of itself i mean oh man you and i pretty could do, you and pretty i could hard do. to pretty hard to become a touring musician when you're in your mid-30s oh i agree although, although not impossible uh, yeah. especially for somebody like me who has absolutely zero roots but um yeah it's just where is you, uh where's the JJ's desire point? to do it might not be as much might not be as high as somebody who's 22 look i hear you as someone who uh, thinks longly about just you know doing the podcast and doing content all the time it made a lot more sense when you were 24 25 than when you were 35 Mm -hmm. so um where is jj's barn grill so if people want to come out on friday and check you guys out it's in franklin actually it's a it's a house show house venue uh this jj guy does um Shows in like a suburban neighborhood. It's kind of interesting. That oh, that's gonna be interesting hearing you boys in in uh, the suburb the the burbs. He has shows every night for the last I don't know how many years. He, it's crazy. I mean, Holy it's not shit. like a new thing. Oh, that's cool. Um, I think how they how they work around it is, um, it's earlier. Like it's okay. done by ten o'clock probably. All right. And um, yeah. I mean, it's not a whole lot different than like the. There's a pretty big venue called X-Ray Arcade in Cudahy. Yep. Yep. That is um similar where it's like the shows start a little earlier, they're done a little earlier. It's not, you know, kids outside smoking and drinking and screaming until one in the morning. No. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's uh it's in Franklin. It's like on Madison Boulevard. It's it's not uh, down off of Rawson. Okay. There you go. And then you're we'll you can see Mitch at on the border uh, performing there as well afterwards. Um, I'd, so. I'd have to find where it is first, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we could because well, I legitimately well, don't know where it is. It's like in that area, I think. I think it's on 27th, if I'm not mistaken. I've never, <laughs> I've never been. Let the record, let the record show. Um, on that one, but uh, it's been a 
interesting week. You know, we did a podcast on Friday. We wrapped up the week. We talked about the Brewers. We said, hey, are they getting hot? And we were, you know, I don't think we were like gung-ho about it. Like I, even me, who's more of the optimist of this podcast relationship, I felt like I was kind of like, yeah, there, there are some signs, but I don't know, this bullpen, there's this, there's that. You just never know. And I, but I did, was adamant, like, don't lose the A's, don't lose the A's. And then sure enough, you catch the A's at the hottest point of their season, the peak of their season thus far. We'll yeah. see if they can win their third straight game against the Tampa Bay Rays tonight as we tape uh, Wednesday night for th- the Thursday program. Um, it, it's Mitch. It's it's just one of those things where it all sort of fell apart. And then you have a really good game on Tuesday night and you just have one bad pitcher and, Devin, and it's Devin Williams. And right. who's been, who's been lights out all year. Right. And so it's, it's just really hard to reconcile but I feel like the fan base is growing irritable. I feel like there are people running to the the the, the Wall Street stock floor to sell their stock on the Brewers. I mean, not necessarily the Dunn Club. Shout out to Malin, but they're like, yeah, I'm out. I'm kind of out on this team. Just get me, get me the Packer season. Where where do you stand? I guess on it, and do you do you see any any glimmers of hope? I mean, there's still. If not at first place, they're not. They're very close to first place. Correct. I, guess I haven't looked at the updated standings, but they are what one game above five hundred now. They are exactly um, five hundred at the at, at the day, day of taping. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are up five to one on your Chicago Cubs, uh, as the as, as we tape. They're still in first place, or or thereabouts. They have an awful division. Um, I don't know. I mean. Are, are they a World Series favorite? Good heavens, no. Um, it hasn't been pretty. I mean, the offense continues to be to be pretty bad most nights, um, even today against Minnesota. I mean, mm-hmm. you score – you hit two home runs, what, in the second inning? Second inning, yeah. And then had, what, one hit the rest of the game? That is correct, um, yep. And so – it is – it's an ongoing issue. Um, I don't know. I mean, starting pitching has, has been not not really necessarily as advertised so far this year. It's just – it's just – you're going to have – you're going to have to ride the roller coaster. I mean, it's just what they are. I think I think I said – what did I say? 84 wins mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. Um, I think we had a podcast a couple weeks ago about – you know how how many wins would it take to win the division? Eighty four might do it. Really, um, I but, I don't know. I I think it might. Go ahead, continue. I'm sorry, but does that mean that they are a? Should you be excited about their postseason prospects? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I mean, they're they're in they're in the unfortunate spot that they've been in for certainly last year. Um. I guess 2021 was was a good year, but they pooped out. And... I forgot. Yeah, and 2021 is like this forgotten good year because right. they, they got dominated in the postseason. And but they had won 94 games, and then they just forgot how to hit. And you know they got kind of complacent heading into the heading into the postseason and took their foot off the gas. And the Braves were all gas, no breaks, mm-hmm. um, heading into that matchup. And 
that was really the the qualm of it. But yeah, I mean, they have been kind of living off the fumes of 2018 and everybody's sort of off those fumes. Everybody's like, yeah. well, this is this is now five years, right? Like there's, you know, obviously baseball provides a little more leeway because of the no salary cap because of, you know, the playoffs, I, I wouldn't say are, they're obviously easier, but I feel like it's still easier to get into the um, like NBA playoffs, for example, and possibly the NFL, honestly, at this point, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's just, you're running out of excuses. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration of like the online brewer community is kind of reaching in there. I think they're just kind of had it, but at the same time, I don't know how you can tell a a Wally Walkshaw fan that you're going to sell again if you're hanging around in contention. If you're, you know, near, you know, you're four games back, right? like how does that, how does a fan that's just like my kid has a Corbin Burns jersey or Willie Adamas jersey and how do I like, why, why should I care? Why should I, you know, be, you know, invested in this baseball team? when they just trade away their guys. I realize that's very like meatball pinhead takes, but mm-hmm. I, I know that's how some of the suburbanites are going to think about this baseball team. If they do sell off Adamas, they do sell off Burns and they sell off other, some other talent because I, I just don't see it being this like coming of Jesus of like, Oh yeah, we're, we'll get ready for the young guys unless the only caveat there and I'll let you in is unless they're going to rush Trio up and they bring Trio up to kind of offset that. Yeah, well, that's a little scary because, I don't know, maybe then I, maybe then you get an Anthony Anthony Volpe situation. Right. No, uh, I don't – I don't. to be fair, like, let me uh, just add, and now let's go. Like, I don't think Trio's ready. I'm, I think that would be a bad idea. I think you're, if you're bringing them up for marketing, that's a bad idea. You just – you take your losses, you take your lumps, you take that the fans aren't going to give a shit about you, for two months, but you better fucking hope that you can bring back those casuals with trio and the young guns the following year. Yeah. I mean, as far as the Wally Waukeshaws, I mean, I think eventually they're going to, they're going to have to be okay with it. And I don't think it, I don't think it should really matter. I mean, and I feel like the attendance this year, I don't know the paid numbers in front of me, but I feel like when you, Watch the games. It seems like there's not that many people at these games, especially on like the weekend games. The crowds have been a little disappointing. And I don't know. I don't know what that is from. Uh, is Were people upset with the hater trade? And that was, or was it more of the people who were upset with the hater trade, like myself, in that you did not maximize the asset? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's people are are pissed that they that they traded their quote unquote best player at the deadline and it's carried over into this year, um, but or is it a sign of they're 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 tired of the the meat the, the treadmill the last couple of years? Yeah, and, they're they're done with the mediocrity, the boring yes. ass the boring ass baseball games. The well, I hope the Brewers get three runs in this game. I hope my my kid has something to care about. Right. And that I, that he's going to watch or she's going to watch and that they're not going to just want to run, run up and down the slides and all the other trinkets that we have at the ballpark. 
that we actually get these kids invested in baseball. And then they see they see so and so hit a home run. Let's just say Riley Telez. Okay, now they're biggest. They're the biggest Riley Telez fan on the face of this planet. Yeah, I think I think it's really possible. And you know, right now the Brewers are 14th in attendance overall. They're 20. They've they've drawn under a million. They're at 977. They are very close to a million. They'll pull a million over the weekend. San Francisco is next at a million point zero or one point zero. Um, they're averaging twenty eight thousand a game. Um, they are probably the smallest market in terms of uh, where they are because it's a lot of heavy hitters. I won't go through them all, but it's all big cities that are ahead of them. Not excusing it, but I'm just pointing out that it seems like a lot of these big cities there is a there's a draw again to go to baseball, and whether that's the pitch clock, whether it is a lot of these teams excluding St. Louis and the Cubs are good. Um, yeah, I, I think that there, there are some factors there, but, but I, yeah, that's, that is a sign of maybe, maybe we don't need to worry about these fans because they're not showing up. And maybe that's like, if we, heaven forbid we'd ever do a St. Louis Cardinals podcast, the Cardinals are 15 games under 500, but they have the second highest attendance in all of, in all of baseball. So it's like, are they still going to show up if we trade away Goldschmidt? or we trade away Nicholas or we trade away, you know, some of these major pieces to kind of reset the deck here because they definitely should, but maybe they have to worry about it more than we do who are sitting at 14th and are like, well, we're, we're kind of right around 14 to 17, by the way, you cut it. And then there's another a tier that falls off with Minnesota at 18. So maybe, maybe we just say, fuck it. And don't necessarily care about that Wally Walker fan knowing they'll be back if, like, all things pan out with the Chirios, the Tyler Blacks, the Jefferson Queeros, the Garrett Mitchells of the world. Yeah, and that, I mean, those, some of those names are probably a couple years away. Sure, um, yeah. So that's interesting if, you know, what what happens. But I think that if you if you pick a direction, it helps. Um, yeah. And again, again, baseball, baseball is different. I think you can – you can put some some putty on some holes with players. I mean, there's nine guys in the field, nine guys in the bat, batting order. You know, not everybody is going to be, um, you know, your top ten prospects all at once. are going to be coming up type thing. And But, you know, you've seen it work for the Cubs, the Astros, uh, who are now after five years of being god-awful. They are probably the best organization in, in baseball and potentially even North American pro sports. Their dynasty. I mean, there's so much dynasty talk right now about the Nuggets. I mean, that's a dynasty right there is the, is the yeah. Houston Astros. And they just keep churning out. They have their they have their core four or five bats and two or three starting pitchers. And, um, you know, they have a solid bullpen. And they just kind of are able to come up with these guys from the minors that are – contributors maybe not necessarily you know studs but like Chaz McCormick and those types that are just Mm -hmm. like fast or like they have an elite some elite tools you know and they're just like constantly a 90 win team and are are in every ball game and are in every conversation for for the world series I guess the difference is you know would the brewers be that that spendy but I mean I don't know like the Astros 
pretty much just kept their four or five guys, which is like what the Brewers don't really have. They have Yelich offensively, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. And Yelich being largely a disappointment for his for his price point is uh, you know an issue, and they're stuck with that contract. I mean, that's that's fine. You got to pay somebody, um, and he can kind of. You know, it's not like he has to hit third or lead off, you know, in the next five years. He can he could he could be a part of the next wave of guys. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um but they I don't know. If you pick a direction and you find a way to um get your young guys up and sort of grow together and see see some success, you know, again we're talking more long term here, but I think those fans will come back. I mean, it's not, you know, right. and I guess there, I guess there is the whole uh, American family field deal, which I think is probably a, a little bit of a consideration. Sure. Um, just with some of the stuff politically that's going on and, and um, it's kind of in the, in the spotlight a little bit and that, that should probably be factored in as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's part, that has to be part of the thought process. I think, I mentioned it on, you know, Monday's pod, the, the idea of, well, this could be Craig Council's last year. Craig Council could say, All right, I'm stepping down at the end of this year. And do you make one more run for Craig Council? I wouldn't sacrifice a lot of the guys we talked about. And if someone came in and blew your socks off, you at least have to have a, a long conversation about it and figure it out. And maybe it's Council saying, I'm going to step down at the end of the year in August. And you just kind of try to see if you can sell sell that through a little bit, and maybe that's it. Or bringing up so many young guys that everybody gets excited for next year and gets that buy-in. You know, I, I think about a team like the Texas Rangers, who are tops of their division, leading the Astros, having a great season, but they lost Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom's probably going to be down for a year, year plus, and they have a – they have five guys in the top 100 prospects in baseball. And you're telling me they wouldn't have a conversation about Corbin Burns at the deadline and that you have Burns and DeGrom on your pitching rotation next year, seeing if DeGrom comes back. And then you can decide when you want to pay Corbin Burns. And if you don't want to pay him, you're like, all right, we don't want to eat another huge contract. Let Burns walk to wherever he wants to go after next year. Yeah, I mean – I could probably get down with a Burns trade at this point. Unfortunately, he's not pitching probably as well as he could. I know he's. Been, I don't know. He's been I guess, the last few. A little better. Yeah, the last the last few last few games have been good. Um, I think the Adamus is the one that I don't think you get the value that you you could have. You know, even at the start of the year, I, I think the Adamus value is shot. Like he he can't at least hit for like two fifty. He's just, oh. it's boomer bust. It's kind of everything that people worried about Willie Adamas. He had the one good year and credit the Brewers for not overreacting to one good year. But it just seems like, I don't know, it, it is, you know, he's he's a kind of perpetual goofball. Well, is that some yeah. of it? That If you need a, a solo home run, if you're down 6 nothing in the bottom of the eighth, he's yeah. your guy. And the Brewers have had so many of those, Mitch, throughout the years. It's so frustrating. You know, and so, yeah, it's very interesting to see, you know, what would happen there with Adamus. Would his value take so much where he's like, oh, yeah, I'll stay for four years 
120 or something like that because I'm not getting it anywhere else. I don't know. We'll we'll certainly we'll certainly have to see. The other side of this coin, and if we go into more of the optimistic world, is there are there could potentially be help on the way. Jesse Winker has been pretty bad to start the year, but he's in hitting the ball well in AAA. Now I know it's AAA, it's a professional baseball player, but who knows? You know, maybe Jesse Winker found something, found his stroke again, starting to feel good, starting to, to see the ball. Sal Freelich just came back from injury. He's going to probably need two weeks, but would it surprise you if Sal Freelich's on this big league roster by 4th of July? Not necessarily. Seems like he was pretty um, pretty close to making the team right out of camp and uh, maybe just didn't want to do uh, – you know, a contract thing where then all of a sudden all your studs are up at the I same think, time. I think it was more that uh, Weimer and Mitchell beat him out in, in terms of spring training performance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that, that could be. Um, and I suppose Owen Miller's performance and stuff has – That's the other part, yeah. Made it, made it a little less of a rush or, or whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, not that – you know, uh, South Relic is that we know what he is, um, and you know what you're getting necessarily, but that I guess that fans and stuff might not be banging the banging the drum for South Relic that much, right? Right now, so yeah, yeah, but I mean, they maybe should. I mean, he's still a top 100 prospect, like, he's a big deal. I mean, if you put if you put South Relic up at the top of that lineup and it's South Relic. Owen Miller, Christian Yelich as your one, two, three, not a ton of power, right? But a bunch of guys are going to get on base. A bunch of guys. And then it's like, all right, table should be set for Audi Telez. You bump Adamas down. You, you know, you, however you want to do the order, like that could really be special. And then the other guy, when he's back from injury, is I think you have to give Keston Hira a shot. I've been more on the anti Hira. I know he's your guy, but I think at this point, like, I, I love the John Singleton story. I think he's a really good guy. I'm really happy for him that he got this chance. But unfortunately, John Singleton is a, another quad A guy. So you got to try other things. And one of those things, once he's back from injury, is Castanera. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can see that. Unfortunately, those guys got got hurt when they did. Yeah, that, they, I mean, they, that's, they yeah. Like, they went out, like, they missed a month probably. Right, right. Or more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they just – they got to – I don't know. I guess stick with it overall. Um, there's going to be good weeks and bad weeks. This is a very bad week. Um, mm. You hope you hope the worst of it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think – I think that overall they're going to be okay, but I, I don't know about, about uh, any type of World Series run. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll see. No. We'll see what happens. I mean – they could they could easily, you know, just struggle their way to the All Star break, and then right, it's, and then it's uh, I think it's serious. But that's what I was gonna say before is, you know, they're in this shitty spot where they're just they're average at at everything all the way down to attendance, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's hard to it's hard to figure out what you want to do when mm-hmm. you're when you're in an awful division, and you know. You're all right at everything. You're in a small market with 
with an owner that hasn't shown much uh, propensity to, to go over budget lately. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to say because you're not, do you, you're, you're probably not keeping Corbin Burns for, no. you know, 40 million a year. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. And then I mean, Jake, maybe Jacob, 25. We, we'll have to wait our, we'll have to patiently wait for Jacob Byerowski to, uh, be on the team probably in 2025, um, who yeah. looks like just a fucking stud. Um, but yeah, and Gasser's looked all right. I haven't looked at checked in on him recently, but that's another avenue you can go. I mean, the other avenue in a weird way is say fuck the journeyman, take your lumps of Terang, bring up Keston for one last ride. See maybe could you get a trade some trade value out of him. Bring up Gasser, deal with that, and and yeah, just fucking give her for a little bit with the young guys, and maybe maybe that's it. But yeah, I mean, the the, the screwed up thing about it all is, you know, pirate. We'll see what happens where the Brewers lay come Friday night. But if they sweep the Pirates, they're they're right back either leading the division or right at the cusp of leading the division. And then if they take two out of three against the very good Arizona Diamondbacks team. Then you're like, okay, this team kind of put their dick on the table and was like, we're going nowhere, and we yeah. we can do it. But I think where what needs to kind of change is the Brewers need to figure out how can we play with pressure, and why can't we play with pressure? Why can't when we get down by a couple runs, we can't seem to figure it out, or vice versa? Why do we get complacent? And not add on runs. I mean, that Cincinnati game I was at is a great example of that, where it's 10-1, and there were opportunities, but the Brewers kind of like, ah, we're up 10-1. Who cares? Like, is that a Craig Council thing? Is that a just the hitting coach mindset? And I agreed. I think it was Jim Goulet who said, like, it's kind of Belichickian that we're not able to hear from the hitting coaches. Like, why hasn't Kurt Hogg or Todd Rosiak trying to sit down with the hitting coach and be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Not that they would swear to those guys. But you know what I mean? Like, why haven't we had that? Why haven't we had that article from the hitting coaches trying to explain like what's going on here, helping the fans and and the media understand? Has that ever happened in baseball? I don't know. I'm just I'm just I'm just asking that question. I'm just asking a question. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. If I had the answer, it probably would happen. I I I would. I just I'm just saying. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. You know where. A hitting coach gets in front of a microphone. Yeah, You're like that's it, that's not what they're paid for. Yeah, it's uh, it it's a uh, you know, sort of just me helping out helping out with content uh here for the uh here for the uh the local the local papers. Um, uh, maybe I have to interview the hitting coaches. Maybe I get them on the podcast and Good stuff luck. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that media relations department. Yeah. Uh, that no, no shit. Uh, that's that, that that's probably not probably not going not going to work. Any other uh, any other brewer things sitting in your craw before we move on to the Bucks? Uh, nothing that's at the top of mind right now. No, uh, but do you? I will let you know. Out of curiosity, just this is just random. Do you like the uh, City Connect jerseys? Or are you still in on those? Now it's been like a year since we've had them for the Brewers. Yeah. Come around on them a little bit. Um, I don't really like the hats, but the, uh, the jerseys are okay. I mean, yeah. They're not. They're nothing 
super duper flashy, but they're still pretty cool and have like the tailgating logo, which is kind of kind of cool. I mean, some of these city connect jerseys are are pretty hideous. Well, um, I just want to know what the idea was to give Cincinnati and Baltimore all black uniforms when they play in fucking Cincinnati and Baltimore. There's I mean the it's, since Oh god. It's just just hotter than hell in both those oh, cities. Oh yeah, two squirrels fucking in a tube sock hot. Like it's it's bad. Um yeah. and but Cincinnati um the Cincinnati jersey itself cuz you know obviously it was there like it's a cool jersey like the jersey itself is cool it's just why wouldn't you do like red pinstripe pants or something like that why do why does it have to be all the same color you know what i mean or like cream pants or something like that i don't know yeah and then like baltimore's are very plain yeah they have the little they have the little like maryland flag piping and that's really that's all they really have going for them so uh, but yeah, for the Brewers, you have uh, Johan Adevedo against Julio Tehran on uh, on Friday. Try, try to see how I pronounce that. Um, you can rate it, Mitch. And then Saturday afternoon game, Mitch Keller has been awesome this year uh, against yeah. Wade Miley, who comes back. And then Rosny Contreras against Freddie Peralta. So we avoid facing Dick Mountain, aka Rich Hill, a forty-three-year-old old bastard. We don't have to get no hit by Richel. So that we got that going for us. <laughs> yeah, that's no lefties. No lefties. Wow. No lefties. Yeah. Big opportunity yeah. here. You bet. And another weekend of Yankees Red Sox all all spread across national TV. You gotta fucking love it. Yankees Mets during the week and Yankees Red Sox this weekend. Oh that's yeah. The they they're just it. they're just right after the NBA is over. We just suck the teeth of Yankees, Yankees Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope we get Tampa Bay San Diego because that's the other Fox game. So that that would be more aesthetically pleasing in my opinion. For sure. But we'll see. Speaking of the NBA, it is trade talk season. It's player option season. It's all different stuff. The NBA over on Monday night. Uh, the parade for the Nuggets will be today. And then Jokic can go back to Serbia, hang out with his horses, drink a lot of vodka, have himself a good-ass time. Uh, but there are already trade trade rumors swirling. Uh report came out yesterday that Brad Beal is going to work with the Wizards on finding a trade. Uh, Wizards have a new front office. Looks like they are going to be ready to tear it down. Uh, Brad Beal, in terms of the first teams mentioned, uh, per Sham Sarania, whether the Miami Heat and your Milwaukee Bucks. Now, Mitch... What I'm wondering about here is, is this actual reality or is this just leverage to make the Heat pay a, a steeper price? I kind of lean toward the leverage at this point because I just, you know, I don't, he probably wants to go to Miami like they all do. Um, but I don't, I don't know necessarily – how a deal would have, would make sense with between the Bucks and the Wizards, mm-hmm. um, and not that that necessarily matters at this point in time. Um, it's it's had, has merely been floated out. It's interesting that the Bucks are in there, um, but again, I guess the answer to the question would would be better um, known if you knew what side of the of the aisle that was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, those that leak. 
Right. And Alex Lasley's not around anymore to yeah. talk to whoever. Yeah. Um, whoever wants to listen. Shout out but, to Harambe man, Alex Lazary. Uh one time yeah. asked him asked him if his thoughts on Harambe at in the Joe Cat stands for was not well received. All right, continue. <laughs> yeah. Um and I so uh I threw yeah, you off if, yeah, I'm sorry. Right? If if you uh if if we knew where that was coming from, um I guess I'd be a little more excited about the rumors because it means that the Bucks are are actively looking to change their roster. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe excited is not the word, but intrigued, I suppose, mm-hmm. interested, and in, and in that they're they're maybe not just looking to stand pat. And I think after our conversation on the pod last week, you know, I think I, whether it was you or just just the discussion and and having to actually think about it instead of just sort of put it out like put it out of mind that there could be some real changes on this roster. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think going going into the pod last week, I was thinking, ah, just run it back, got a new coach. But then I was like, well, it's a new coach. He may want some of his own guy or his own guys and some of his own touch to the roster, much like when Bud came here. Uh, incidentally, yes. look at, look at you know, we got Brooke off the scrap heap then, Pat Connaughton off the scrap heap then. Those guys are still here and are, are you know, pretty pretty key parts of the roster. and you know, that just kind of opened my eyes. Like, well, that's, that could happen here with Adrian Griffin. He might not want Brooke, you know? Um, in fact, he probably doesn't. Something tells me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there, there probably will be some significant changes to the roster. And uh, the, this is probably like the first sort of landmine, I guess. Right. This is the, yeah, this is sort of a warning shot. I think I, I lean more leverage. The only way it becomes a bit more of a possibility is just that Giannis has expressed interest in uh, Bradley Beal and playing with Bradley Beal. And Giannis asked to, for the Bucks to talk to talk about Bradley Beal when they were making moves before the Drew Holiday deal happened. So that at least needs to be, we can't like forget that part. I don't know what the relationship is. I don't know if it's just Giannis likes his game, um, but it's at least worth considering in this. And if the Bucks were to make a deal for Bradley Beal, then you have to have the discussion of, are we entering in the Mike Sherman years of Giannis Antetokounmpo in the sense where Mike Sherman let Brett Favre do whatever the fuck he wanted. And it didn't end up work. It worked out fine. It didn't result in a Super Bowl for the Green Bay Packers, but they won, won a lot of games. And then it kind of greened off off a cliff. Um, but is that is that where we're headed for Giannis Antetokounmpo, where he's literally calling all of the shots? And as worked for LeBron, it's worked. I don't think Steph really calls shots. I think Bob Myers does. But it's it's just going to be interesting to see if, like, there is they, – they do push ahead with this. You know, is that – is this a Giannis-driven thing? Is this a leak from Giannis's camp? Who knows, right? Is it coming from them? Are they the ones who are like, yeah, we're talking, and John Horst is fucking – sitting, hanging out, enjoying like summer break with his kids before he goes back to work. It's like, I fuck I am. We're not trading for Bradley Beal. Where the hell did this come from? You know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah. Well, that's, I, I don't, I don't, Giannis doesn't strike me as a type of gentleman. No, but, no, uh, no, no, no. I, I, I don't think I'm, so. I just, just saying he had a lot of involvement with the coaching stuff. And, you know, it seems like 
he's seems already like that, yeah. He seems like he's already very close with Adrian Griffin. I mean, the picture with him and his and the kids, like as someone said, like did Bud ever get anything close to that? Like maybe we just don't remember. We're all so every we see so much shit day in day out is, that we forget. Is the honest racist four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty? I'm I'm looking at this four team trade here. Get this one. Yeah, this ain't too bad. So it's Bucks, Timberwolves, Blazers, and Wizards. Mm-hmm. And essentially, the Bucks get Bradley Beal. Yep, that's the only asset or the only the only thing they get in this trade. I'm looking at on Fanspo, um, and they only give up Connaughton, Middleton, and the 2029 first rounder. The Middleton goes. Middleton and Connaughton go to the Timberwolves. Carl Towns goes to the, the Blazers. Okay, and the, and the Wizards get Shaden Sharp, the Bucks twenty twenty nine first, Yusuf Nurkic for probably salary filler, and Nikhil Alexander Walker. I like um, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, yeah, good Kisper player. goes to the Timberwolves as well. So the Blazers and the Bucks only get one player. I, I would prefer. I probably do that. Yeah, I would. I would do that deal. But I, I don't. Again, the Middleton value. Who knows, right? Um, the, I would, I, I would want like me, either Kespert or Nikhil Alexander Walker. Though, I mean, both of those guys are on rookie contracts. I would try to see if we could get one of those guys. Those are two good shooters. Uh, uh, I think is how they they call him. Like he, he plays a little more defense than Kispert. Kispert's a fucking statue. So mm-hmm. you know, he's basically Grayson Allen, but little. Little less, uh, little less douchey and a, l- a little younger. So I, I, I don't hate that deal though. I just don't know if Middleton's going to be the focal point. I, I feel like it'd be Drew, and then Drew and Beal is quite a small, small backcourt, right? Um, that's. Mm-hmm. But maybe you, maybe you just worry about it and say, all right, Drew Holiday is like at least six four. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. So what would you? Yeah, I guess you're right. That's not. Necessarily a small back, small backcourt. I think, I think I don't necessarily love Bradley Beal, but if he's your clear-cut second best player and like you can rely on him to score, I think, or I guess you, it's a scary thought because he's been hurt a lot lately, um, right? But with Giannis taking as much attention as he does, I feel like that's a possibility. Uh, for success, just with the, with those two, sort of the the back court front court dichotomy, is kind of what what you're looking for because I think we we learned with Boston that maybe two two similar sized wings as your two best players maybe is inherently fucked. We don't know, right? Um, and then ideally in this in this particular scenario, you're keeping Drew Holiday for your for your perimeter. Um, defense and you're probably taking some of the offensive burden off of him right yeah i mean that's yeah you kind of let drew cook you tell beal that he he kind of runs the offense runs the floor drew plays a little more off um you know off guard gives him a chance to create um a lot of pick and roll stuff with Giannis and beal i mean there would be there would be a lot of opportunity there and and yeah i, I would hate to lose Middleton because I think Middleton has been such a vital part of what the Bucks have built. But I I do think if you're like what makes more sense and then Middleton, as we talked about with him and his trade value, 
it is the veteran presence. It is the, you know, ability to get a bucket, ability to, you know, help a team on both sides as long as like his medicals check out and and people could, you know, probably get him for more of an affordable rate than having to overpay. And in this new CBA, this there is there's not a ton you can do. And I think that's the other part of Beal's value is he might not get a ton. They might you might not need to trade a ton for Bradley Beal because you're dealing with a contract that is pretty fucking mm-hmm. scary. And the Bucks are gonna have to gonna have to would have to figure that out because Beal is 46 this year. He's 50 next year. He's 53 following year. He hilariously has a player option in 26, 27 when he's 33 at $57 million. Yeah, I really think Bradley Beal is going to turn down $57 million at age 33. So that's the that's the hard part. And yeah, we'll, it's kind of the anti Kevin Durant where you know when when Durant was on the on the block, the four years left on the contract was was a uh seen as an asset and then now with somebody like Bradley Beal or even Dame Lillard just because of his age it's seen as like you know a poison pill right like and you're taking that on for for how many years I don't want to give up too much Um, right so just interesting uh two two schools of thought there yeah it'll also be interesting too last I guess thought on it is if if Philly gets involved because Embiid has also talked about wanting to play with Bradley Beal. I mean, the rumor went is that he wanted Daryl Morey to get Bradley Beal and Daryl Morey's obsession with James Harden. He basically was like, yeah, fucking beat. I'm getting my guy, James. And now who knows if James even wants to be there. Right. I think that's probably where he should go. If you ask me. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great, if they could I mean, do it without, without giving up Maxi. Yeah, and I, I think they can with the me, contract. I, I, right. I think Tobias Harris is in that trade, and he's got the – he's probably – Tobias is probably one of the most valuable expiring contracts, and he's no stranger to being traded. So, yep. Um, you know, to me that kind of seems like a team that, okay, you want to do something different, this is a way. And, right. Um, and and I don't you know, like, ha- but, but I also saw a lot of Philly – or a Philly guy on Twitter, like – you know, more of a closer to a big J than a fan um, saying some stuff. And it seemed like all the fans were against uh, Bradley Beal. On their yeah, team. I, I don't, thought, okay, I don't think, well. I don't think Bradley Beal is very popular amongst other fans. No, and think... this is like, this is where, this is the type of shit the Bucks have to consider though. Unfortunately, it just is as far as like a guy that's a distressed asset and right. You know, Exactly. Bucks probably probably are, are good enough as it is right now to compete again, but I don't know how much longer. Right, exactly. And and that's the thing, is like if you make this seismic shift and you're like, all right, we're gonna go with Bradley Beal. And and also the bigger fear too is there are other teams kind of looking to shake it up, right? Like this New Orleans Zion rumor about going up to get Scoot Henderson. And that we're going to try to trade trade Zion for Scoop. Like, I mean, that's – it's weirdly mind-blowing in the sense of are we going to embark on this absolutely fucking wild 
you know, free agency period where you and I are hopping on Saturday before yellow card and like being like, what the hell just happened? What happened here? And it's just, it's absolute chaos or before the draft. Like I, I just, if this stuff's already starting to leak out now, I just wonder what else is behind the wall a little bit. Like it's almost like a stranger things game of Thrones. Like what's behind that wall that yeah. really exists. Like, is I it- didn't realize Zion was potentially on the, on the table for, yeah, I thought it was more of Brandon Ingram. Basically, picks. basically Houston, you know, as you know, fellow horny guy, MA Udoka, I guess there was some thought in Houston um, and that they, they might they might have interest in Zion, but yeah, it was more. I, I saw a lot of Brandon Ingram. Jesus, stuff. probably the only the only worse city than New Orleans for Zion is probably Houston. <laughs> right. I mean, that's where like all those you like talk about pounds. like good yeah. good food and and strip clubs and whatever else. Oh, yeah. Not, I, and and I don't really want to make Zion into, you know, some kind of sex addict. For fuck's sake, the guy's twenty two years old or whatever. I mean, twenty two years old with a hundred. I don't really care. Million dollars. I mean, I think we all would be just you know swinging our dick around a little bit. Like, let's just be, let's keep it one hundred. I mean, he right. just he just didn't wear protection. That was what got him. He just decided to shoot up in the club. You know, like you know that 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 gets everybody. So it's science. Yeah, I mean, Devin Booker has about ten illegitimate kids at, at this point. I think Devin Booker is putting up. That. He's going to Sean Kemp numbers. You know, he's going for that Sean Kemp, uh, Sean Kemp trophy. Nick Cannon. Right. But yeah, I mean, that would be interesting though. I mean, I think, I think it would be a, it's, I don't know. It's probably because it's Portland, the third pick. Everybody wants to, to force some sort of action with that, with that roster, whether it's, are we trading Dame or are we trying to add to it? And I don't know. Trading. uh, I, I will say, I will say this. If, Trading Dame is the move, but they they have a weird ownership group, and they have this like, I think there's a fear for the Blazers that if we let Dame go, our fans are just gonna stop caring and they're yeah. gonna stop going. And and as like, uh, Jody oh. Allen, Paul Paul Allen's sister is owning the team. She's like, I want to get the best bang for my buck. I do not want to have distressed asset here, and I think that's why they're gonna keep Dame. Well, and the problem is, I'm guessing that their fans would also be disappointed with that return. Totally. Just because it's, you know, it'd be like trading Giannis, right? Totally. I mean, not really, but trading K, but trading KG, of, trading KG. Trading, yeah, right. I mean, that would be maybe that's closer to, to what it to what it would be. Um, and was that return good enough? Probably not. So it was like Al Jefferson. And yeah, you know, a few and a couple firsts, yeah, and a couple little pieces. I mean, it it's it's fine, but the difference there would be, I think, KG wanted out. You know, it was pretty public. I think by the time it actually happened, um, in a in a as as public as it could be in a pre Twitter society, mm-hmm. um, and people forget those days how nice that was. You didn't know fucking everything as soon as it happened, <laughs> um, and you actually had to watch TV, and it wasn't just. Uh, nonsense on television all the time but uh yeah so i mean i I think that they'd be disappointed with the return and and or i mean basically they're they're screwed either way you know you keep aim and you're just gonna you're just gonna be in the play-in yeah unless you know they can they can maybe i don't know we'll see it's not my problem 
it, honestly, it's it would be better for us as Bucks fans if Scoot and Wemby were both in the West. Char- Charlotte not taking Scoot is like red flags across the board. But that's what Charlotte does. Bad teams stay bad. And I I think Brandon Miller well, I think is Brandon not- Miller's 100, 100, 100 times better. Ooh. Well, I don't know, not 100, but I would take him over Scoot. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Okay. I love it. That's a quite this egg at this point. Um, I liked Brandon Miller. That's I the just first time you've heard of Brandon Miller. I thought I thought no, it was like pretty unanimous no. at this point that no, it's, Scoot I was going to be the third pick. No, the the kind of the well, it is it is the thought of yes, yeah, so that's true. But I think a lot of people like Scoot better than Brandon Miller because they just see Scoot as like this kind of Anthony Anthony Edwards type. You know, gets to the basket. You know, can play a little defense. Um, can't shoot at this point, but you can learn that. And then Brandon Miller, just you don't know what he is after you know all that he went through, and and we'll we'll just sort of see. I'll be interested to see you know what happens here in the next two weeks. Yeah, it's it's officially in the uh, in the silly season. Oh yeah, yeah, we are dead in it. Speaking of silly season, none sillier of a story than uh, Chicago Bears defensive tackle. Uh, Justin Jones, uh, after a OTA practice, meets with the media. I have no idea how the question got brought up. Says Packer fans are obnoxious. Packer fans are shitty. Um, half of them don't know football. Just lays into Packer fans. And obviously everybody went crazy. I went crazy, you know, because that's just what we do, right? Uh, it's It's very interesting that this Packer Bears – rivalry has somewhat sprung up. It's definitely sprung up with fan bases. There's been a lot of shit talk about our quarterback looks like this and it's Justin Fields jacked and it's Jordan loves and yours looks like that. And it's Jordan love uh, drinking on a boat in door County. It's like, all right, like keep talking that shit, but it's, it's really interesting that this is kind of came out of nowhere when the bears have been absolutely irrelevant for the last five (laughs) years. Well, I think that they're just probably trying to trying to establish some modicum of dominance now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. I think that it's you know what I mean? Like yeah, Rodgers, no, they're to... Rodgers it might be the at least this last couple of years of this rivalry has been fueled by Rodgers comments. Uh that was what two seasons ago? Yeah. In uh in Chicago and sort of clowned him on, on national television. And I think that really fired Bears fans up and, and Packer fans too um, on the other side of it. And now that Rodgers is gone and the Bears, Bears fans don't have to worry about him anymore. Um, I think that it's they, – they might be getting – that's that's the Vikings fans are the same way. They're getting They're getting arrogant. You know, and they think that uh, it's all over for the Packers and that they're going to, you know, going to be at the bottom of the division for the next 50 years. And uh, I don't necessarily see it that way. Um, no, I don't either. And it's, you know, you have now Robert Tanyan had some comments who's now who's a, a Benedict Arnold and went to go play <laughs> for his his hometown so, team, although I'm sure he said he's a Packer fan at some point. And, yeah. um, yep. you know, most people in the Midwest are at this point and I've given my thoughts on that, but uh, so <laughs> those yeah, are the, he, oh God, 
I see he had some comments and I think that with him, him for coming fresh off of, uh, you know, a couple of years with the Packers and some of them. Okay. And others injured and, you know, he's got relationships with plenty of Packer players. I think that's going to be, you know, we'll see if he is the mediary or if he is, uh, you know, he didn't say anything maliciously, but you know, he just said, yeah, you know, I think that's, it is what it is. It's, it's a rival. Right. Yeah, he, having played both sides recently. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, I, I think he he did it. He did a pretty good job. He did a pretty good, pretty good job of saying JJ is a little opinionated on that. And I like that, but you could say that about any fan, any fan base. Very true. Very. I don't think any fan base isn't obnoxious to somebody. I don't think any fan base has it. it seems shitty or doesn't know football or basketball or baseball, whatever it may be. It's just fun that this rivalry is kind of renewed and bubbling. I think the Vikings thing is so interesting because they were peacocking and then they've kind of had to put their feathers away because, all right, we're at least Alvin Cook. Sounds like Neil Hunter is going to get traded before the season starts. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like, it kind of sniffs a tank. Like, there's a whiff of a tank. Uh, noted Vikings hater, maybe the biggest Vikings hater that we know, a friend of the pod, Merv, I said to him at the bar on Saturday, I was like, what if the Vikings tank for Caleb Williams? I think he nearly had a heart attack. Like, I mean, it's true, though. Like, that would be nightmare. That would be fucking, like, oh, my God. So how does that happen? I mean, they'd have to do something with Kirk Cousins. They probably, well, Cousins is last year of his deal. And as someone pointed out, this is exactly well. No, but I mean, like, in order to be bad enough to be the worst team in the league, right? Oh yeah, Cousins no, is, is not great, but he's he's not. No, you know, no. You would you can pencil him in for eight or nine wins. No, you'd have to trade Cousins to let's just say the Raiders don't know what they have with Jimmy Garoppolo, and the Raiders feel like they have a good enough ball club to be in the playoff conversation, but Garoppolo is still hurt. It'd be like trading him to the Raiders and the, and the Vikings get a fourth or fifth round pick because it's an expiring deal. And that's their, you know, that's sort of that. And then they're starting Nick Mullen or something of of that ilk um, at quarterback for the season. That's how you tank. Yeah, I mean, because it does sure seem like they're, the rest of their roster is getting pretty thin. Right. Um, so maybe that's what they have up their sleeves. That would be. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be tough. It, um, well, it's, I mean, and to bring it back to our first conversation, that'd be a very tough thing to sell your fan base after going 13 and three. Now, granted, we all said it was fraudulent. We all, it all, we all knew it was fraudulent, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like you can't tell that to fans, those fans who watch those games, who saw Minnesota win all those games they're they are not, they're not thinking that way. So there's in no way, no way sort of that mentality. So I, I don't know. We'll we'll sort of have to see. It's it's only just beginning with all of this stuff. And I'm sure more things are gonna be said. I'm sure things will be liked on Instagram or there'll be a story posted or you know, it'll it'll all sort of bubble because you're right, there is sort of this, hey, let me stick out my feathers a little bit now that we're now that we think we can be the big dicks in the cracker factory. There will be more Stefan Diggs subtweets. Um, oh, the Stefan Diggs. I just style want sub, I, I just want to know the story. Like, I just want to know the tea. Like, as a 
as a reality television show watcher, like this is, it's exactly what I need here. Um, I need, I kind of need the details. Um, need to need to hear what what actually happened there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, I'll I also, just think that Stephon Diggs is is is. I don't know. Uh, a little messed up in the head. Yeah, and he's 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 a he's a typical NFL wide receiver, right? Who I mean, second time he's done this basically. Mm-hmm. Um. You have a pretty goddamn good team, Stefan, and uh, you're kind of screwing things up for yourself. So whatever, where are you well, gonna go? Well, so first of all, number one, uh, do you know the like the the urban legend about this whole thing? Maybe I don't. I must not. There's like an urban legend that like so Josh Allen broke up with his girlfriend. Now is dating Haley Steinfeld, who's a singer. Um, Josh Allen had, I guess, a messy breakup where he might have, may or may not have gotten a girl pregnant. She may or may not have got an abortion. And there is a lot of, like, stuff that's been covered up, sort of a la, like, far in the 90s, um, which we could do an entire podcast on far in the 90s. Probably get sued for defamation, but, which, so why we won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, he sued Pat McAfee. He probably does, too. Um, and then, uh, uh, and there was then a secondary subplot that the girl might have been Stefan Diggs' girl. And that, like, explains why they were so bad against the Bengals and all this other stuff. And so, and is so that all a- stuff like they all found out, like, right during the playoffs or something? Right, like, or like the day before. They came out, like, the day before the game. That's the urban legend. So, but who knows, right? That That like, all feels like one of those things where – if you lose, you're going to blame, you know, that or not blame it, but that's going to be what eventually comes out, you know, and it's, yeah. And, and like, if you, if you win, then everything's fine. And look, but man, if like, that happened, then yeah, that's, that's fucked up. Look, man, not everything's Vanderpump rules. I know you don't watch, but like, it, and right. not it, everything's it's dramatic, right? It's just not, that's not how society works. And so, yeah. Um, that's, that was part of it. The last, last thing I'd say about the NFL and uh, I love the people over at, uh, ESPN Milwaukee. And I know it's the middle of summer. I know it's the dog days, but doing a full day of content on J.R. Alexander, skipping voluntary, uh, OTAs and losing $700,000. It's just not, not how I would program shows. So I'll just, I'll just leave it there. Well, that's the one bit of juicy drama, I suppose. I just but, like it's voluntary. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, he costs he, himself money. Yeah, it's his. Like, I couldn't imagine skipping out on seven hundred thousand dollars. Like, right. you know, even though after taxes, it's probably like I would. I would retire. I think if if you gave me that much money, I'd be good. I don't, I don't think you could retire on it, but I I think you could not work for a couple of years. I think you could play Call of Duty for at least two or three years on 700K. But, uh, yeah, it's wild that that was made into a full fucking story. It's like, and, and someone pointed out, like, Jair was here when everybody else wasn't, when Rodgers was playing, and now Jair isn't here when everybody else is. Like, dude, it's just kind of go. 
yeah, it just goes on the beat of his own drum. He's an interesting cat. And then today, like, he wrapped his arm around uh, Jordan Love when he was meeting with the media and was like, this guy's the best quarterback in the league. He just needs to stop throwing at me. That's great. That's great. And also, too, if, like, we opened up the Tabby Cat Casino and Jair says something worse about Justin Fields before week one, I'd probably set that line at, like, minus 150. Oh, that, that'll probably happen for sure. Yeah, it probably will. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got to, yeah, he's got to bounce back a little. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure we'll do oodles of Packer content before the season. But, yeah, he's probably, he's definitely in the top five guys with most pressure on him to start the year. Pressure rankings. Oh, you bet. Pressure index. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Next. Uh, all right. All right, my man. Well, uh, I don't have anything else for you. You got anything else for people? I think that's it. Yeah, we're Would, so we're it's heading heading into the uh, dog days here a little. Where it's we are. Be, I mean, the lovely Brewers. We have College World Series this weekend in Omaha. I I think I'd go to Omaha. I know it's kind. Of, I've heard it's a great time. College World Series. It's like it's a seven and a half hour drive from here to Omaha. Yeah, it's a little long. Touch, touch longer than I would like, but I mean, with all yeah. those different fan bases getting after it, like we have at least two or three SEC schools every year. We have an ACC school, maybe Big Twelve. Like, got a bunch of partiers, right? There's like a a, a bar that has like a Jello shot count for each school. Like, you gotta, I don't know. I I think I think I would be my like if someone approached me with the idea, I'd be like middle of june why not at least you know do a couple days there and but the only drawback is it is omaha it's omaha it's probably all right but it's also hotter than hubs of hell there yeah. too oh yeah. So yeah yeah i would need something in a written contract that i need x number of air conditioning <laughs> hours you need, and... you need to make sure we're in a four-star hotel you need to come with like a sun hat for you so that you you stay there, we have to do extensive research. So you're like not completely in this, cool, like like those fans that spray water, or a Camelback. You just have we just put a Camelback on you, so you could just sip water in the stands with your sun hat. Uh, that'd be great. Except I'd put Coors Light in it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> or one, uh, you know, one tank, one tank of water, one tank of Coors Light. There you go. Exactly. That, I mean, look, that to me, that that is the American dream, uh, dream right there. Um, I don't know, no kind of. I would imagine Coors is pretty popular in Nebraska because that's close to Colorado. So I would say they're probably Coors, uh, Coors outlet there. But you know, who knows? Uh, but anyways, that will uh, that will do it. Uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow with the solo pod, and then Mitch and I will be back next week. We we'll get closer. To the NBA draft, look forward to our extensive breakdown of the Bucks' 58th pick in the draft. Um, but I'm sure we'll talk about some later on, guys. And maybe the Brewers pull themselves off the map. Maybe this is what they needed to be inspired uh, this podcast. Take care, Mitch. Have uh, have a good rest of the week, and uh, everybody else. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.